super excited. I have the first guest, Melanie Miller. We have been Instagram friends for what, about three years now. And I feel like we're long lost friends. I feel like we're kind of like sisters. So Melanie, give us an introduction. Who are you? I'm so honored to be here. This is like I'm crushing on you because I've loved you from the first time we met. You are the most motivational gal. Your energy is so infectious. And I'm just, I'm tickled pink that you are having me here as one of your guests. And I'm so darn proud of you and taking this journey on. And I love your name. She elevates, right? Is that, that the, that's the name of your podcast, right? Yes, because you know, that's our mission in life. We elevate each other through our stories. Yep. Yeah. Gosh, don't we all have a story to share? And I learn and um, just fall in love with people through their stories. We all have one. We've all been on a journey. We're all still storing through our lives um, and trying to make them the best that they can be. And so um, I'm honored that you want to learn a little bit more about me. So, and then I can share that with others and maybe they can benefit from my story. So Yes. Yeah, you have such a remarkable story, like just um, the the bits and pieces that you share and just, you know, like the highs and the lows of everything. They they're so powerful and empowering to anybody that is following you. So give us I a have them all. Yeah, I have them all for sure. So I don't know when you first say, who are you? The first word that comes to mind is mom. And that is the thing that I've been most proud of but it is the thing that I have worked the hardest for in my life and didn't get that title until I was 47 years old. So I'm so darn proud of that title, but um, just kind of bouncing back. um, My dad was in the air force. Uh, My mom was a teacher um, is a retired teacher. And now she's subbing. Um, I kind of lived a great childhood, you know, let's all air quote that a great childhood. It was normal. We lived a nice, um, um, we lived in a nice neighborhood. We did fun things. It was a great childhood. My parents sort of had to me like a fairy tale marriage. I always looked at that and wanted something like that. I loved the way my dad treated my mom. Um, I always loved clothes growing up. I was always into style. Um, I always loved kids growing up. Um, I was the best darn babysitter in the neighborhood. And um, the money I would make, I would go shopping. I would buy clothes. And my mom was a seamstress. And so I would have a vision for something. And we'd go to the fabric store. And she'd we'd get all the fabric. And she'd, she'd, she'd create my vision. So that was so fun. Um, I thought I waited around for Mr. Right. I dated a lot of guys. I kissed a lot of frogs and um, thought I finally met the guy. I thought I met the guy that sort of emulated my parents' relationship. I think that's probably why I waited so long because I really wanted something like that. And um, along the way, I always struggled with, um, I was always sort of a slave to what people thought, you know, like living this, well, what will other people think? And what is... And if I could tell myself, my younger self, one thing, it would just be like, and I could tell these friends out there, quit worrying about what other flipping people think. And I still find myself rolling back into that. But so I met the guy we dated for four years before we got married. I thought I was crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's and um, it didn't take, if we would have just lived together before we got married. I would have figured it all out, but we didn't because I wasn't raised that way. You know, you don't live with. And so we got married and I learned some things about him. I didn't know. Um, 
uh, and things that he was not willing to change. And um, I did not want to live in a house where marijuana was going on. And, and we may have some viewers that that, I mean, he would say to me, well, that's um, it's um, it's what everybody does this day. And I'm like, well, I'm, I, I don't do it. And I don't want to be married to someone that does that. And well, you should try it. It would really take the edge off. And so I sadly had to say goodbye to that relationship and I went to therapy. He wouldn't go. I went to therapists afterwards and counselors and worked on me. And, but that was a huge hit. I mean, I felt like such a failure after that. Um, I used to laugh at people that were only married for a couple of years. And then it was like me. And then I was like, man, that's me. And we got married with the intention of having a family and we built a house with rooms for kids. And I can remember, and I, I know we all say things out of anger when we're in heated moments, but I remember him saying to me, well, I can still be a dad and you can't be a mom because I was approaching 40 at that time. And I was like, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I, and it was the one thing I've just been more passionate about than anything is just wanting to be a mom. And I felt like motherhood was just, unattainable at that time. And I was in a dark place. I mean, who wants to meet anyone right now? And even if we meet, I'm, I mean, like, like I was doing all the math in my head and I was living in Kansas city at the time and a move to Omaha felt good. A job came up, a teaching job came up and I just moved. I needed something fresh and, uh, yeah, can't say it was a bulletin board, a billboard, but I was driving around town and there was a big billboard that said, be a foster parent. So have you ever had a moment like that where like a sign pops up and yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, and it's like, it's like your doors closed to open up. Gosh. So amazing. But at the time it didn't feel like that. I just felt law and I didn't really know where I fit because I wasn't really in the couple's world anymore. You know, all of our friends that we hung out with, that was all weird, but I wasn't really a single person really. I didn't know how to fit in that world. I was just sort of a lost soul and I was wounded and full of shame. I mean, shame has been my best friend throughout this whole time because this wasn't the little picture. You know, this wasn't the fairy tale picture that my mom and dad had. And the image that I had was just getting like smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And I just kind of had to learn to adjust the picture, you know, like that picture can still be, but it just has to be adjusted, tweaked, refocused in some different ways. Yeah, I love how you have that analogy, how, you know, like the picture, it looked like this at this time, but all of these events have happened. So now it's going to look like this for me, you know, and I love how you dive deep into that shame, because I think we all, we all can relate to that in some way. And, you know, in that sign with that, that billboard coming up, tell us about that. Like, that's huge. Oh, like, you are in this, in the spot. And you know, your dream is to become a mom and, you know, like just following you, it's like this happened at the time where both you and your little cutie just needed oh, it, you know, like oh, you, you found yes. each other. Okay. So tell us about this. Like, I'm really excited about this. Okay. So I was, so I'm freshly divorced uh -huh. um, within my divorce, actually not even before we were, we were exploring that I lost my dad to brain cancer. So that was a, that was a huge thing for my family. Um, it just sort of came on suddenly. We fought it for a couple of years. We tried everything and it was just the worst kind of brain cancer you can get. The prognosis was not good. 
Um, we believed we could fight it, but um, it, going through it, this is sad to say, but going through a divorce was more painful than losing my dad. We didn't have any control over losing my dad. I mean, it just, we, we, we couldn't control that. But a divorce you can control. I remember, you know, I mean, think we can change this. This can, we can make this work. This can happen. And it was just like a living death, you know? So I find myself in Omaha and I'm driving around and it says, be a foster parent. And I'm like, you know what? I have a pretty darn good life. I have a cute house. I have an amazing family. I have so much love to give. Um, why not me? You know, like, why not me? And so I shared it with my family. I think they thought I was crazy. Like, Melanie, you're going to get hurt. You know, you're going to love something and have to let it go. And in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm the queen of pain. You know, like I've been through a divorce. I've lost my dad. I, I've lost a marriage. I've lost motherhood. Um, I can, you know, I can go through anything. And I can remember people saying, oh, I, I could just never, I could never love something and then have to give it up, you know, give it up. And I thought that was so selfish. So it's all about you and how you feel, not about these little children that need someone just to love them and take them and be a safe place to fall, but it's about you and how you might be in pain in that moment. And, and that's fair enough. I get that. I totally do. And I felt like I might have to experience that at some point too. And so I went through the whole process and it just sort of, I, you know, there were a couple calls came in. I wanted a baby, you know, you can put in for you know, what age you want. They would call me for a six-year-old or an eight-year-old, but, um, I just never was the right fit. And, um, I didn't really care about ethnicity or gender. I just wanted a little baby. And, um, it was the summer of 2014. I had just, um, school was out for the summer and I got this call on a late Friday night and they were like, we have a little boy named Trip. He's 11 months he needs placement today. And I remember just like, I mean, the only, I was just like, okay. Okay. Like I was almost like trying to tell myself like, okay, okay. All right. And I called my mom. I'm like, mom, a baby's coming tonight. You know, like most people have like nine months to prepare. I didn't have anything. Um, I put on an APB to my neighborhood and like within hours I had cribs and blankets and clothes and everything, car seats, people brought their cars over with the car seats in them so I could go get them. And anyway, things changed in that day, but they delivered him to me almost like a stork on your doorstep. And he was crying and pushed me away. And I think by Sunday, it was a Friday by Sunday, I think he was calling me mama, which I think is just so crazy that children just know who can take care of them. You know, they just sort of know instantly. Isn't that a beautiful thing? I mean, yes. you remember when your little started calling you mama, you know, like nothing yeah. better. Than that. Yeah. And I, I love how you two, how you talk about why not me? Like, why not? And you had like all of these naysayers, like, you know, are you sure? Are you sure about this? Like, have you thought this? Yeah. Like, why not me? Like, why not? I have all of this love to give and I'm at a spot where, you know, I can provide for a child and yeah. Oh, but Lisa, I still look back on that girl and I, I don't want to use any inappropriate words here, but I look back at her and I'm like, she was a bad like, how did I, I, that was me. Like I made that happen. Like I still look back and I'm so darn impressed with myself. <laughs> like I didn't care what people thought because that's so unconventional. I mean, 
a 40 some year old woman becoming a foster parent or how sad is that, that, you know, what up? I didn't care what people thought. And um, that was probably where it first started this sort of like, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. I don't really care what people think. I'm going to take some action steps for what I want in life. Because I mean, I was always sort of under this guise that God is going to bring all these good things to me. You know, like even since I've been single for gosh, 12, 13 years now, I remember like when I got divorced, I'm so cute. I am going to be like swept up before you know it. And here I am like 13 years later. Yeah, well, that didn't really work out the way that I thought it was going to work out. I'm still single. But um, I've kind of learned God's not going to drop him on my doorstep. Trip wasn't just dropped on my doorstep because God thought I needed him. I had to take action steps. Like I had to put myself in really uncomfortable positions and awkward positions and do things that I didn't really want to do. And that's where the magic happens. And I learned that late in life, but I would tell your friends and your followers here, like, just take that step. Like, I mean, it's hard to put you in that moment, but just take it. Yes. Yes. Like, and it, and it's like, you knew in your heart that this is, this was right. Like, this is right for me. And, you know, naysayers be gone. I'm taking this action step to get what, what I want for myself for life and provide such an amazing thing for somebody else. Like you guys are adorable and yeah. I, and that's another thing, you know, like he looks like he could be mine. People will say in the group, oh, your son is so cute. We both have brown eyes. And another like one of God's little crafting miracles. Okay. That I didn't care. I thought I'd have a darling little African-American baby or Hispanic. I did not care. But I just, again, think and, and families look different and families don't have to look like each other. And, um, you know, but I just think, and, and it doesn't matter to me that he does. I just think it's another little sort of thing, the way that God all crafted it together. And so it wasn't easy. Um, his parents tried to fight for him. I say fight loosely. They were struggling with drugs along the way. And you know that um, my ex-husband, you know, loved the marijuana route. And I don't know what more he did, but um, I just felt like that was another connection to us is that sort of his parents... I don't want to say they let him go because they still would love to have him in their life. Um, but their demons were drugs and my ex-husband's demons were drugs. And I feel like that's another way that we were sort of brought together um, by that, that I wasn't good enough to let drugs be gone to fight for me and my marriage. And I, I've always like, why I look at him sometimes and I'm like, why would you not fight your darn buns off for him? Because he's so amazing, but that's just how strong drugs are and how they get under you and you, it, it, you lose everything. Your perception of, you know, yes. reality and, you know, what's important in life. And, you know, like you guys have such a beautiful story. Cause I feel like both of you were brought together at like the perfect time. You know, I'm not a big on perfect, but it's like you both needed each other at that moment in time to create something so beautiful and magical. Like, I love following you guys in your story, <laughs> your ups and downs and you yep. know, like, yeah. it, it's absolutely, it, it's just such a beautiful story. I'm like, glad that it's mine. I look at it and I'm like, wow, this is cool. And it's like mine. I didn't set out to make a beautiful story. I just wanted to be a mom and it just sort of happened that way. And I'm, I'm, I, I, 
I look at me and I'm like, wow, Melanie, that's cool. You know, like that's cool. So it was a, it was about three years of hearings and visits and he would still go visit them and they were always supervised. There was never a time when he was never without someone being present. Um, we would go to court and the judges wanted him with his parents so bad, you know, the system wants kids reunified, um, which I think is a good thing in many cases, but I didn't feel like it was a good thing in my case. I didn't feel like he was best with them. Um, and so it, it wasn't a lovely road along the way. And I, I worried, I loved him so much and I worried about losing him and, um, but it just all worked out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they were, they were both, their parental rights were both terminated. And then I was able to, to be on the list for adoption. There was a grandmother whose trips grandmother in California was on the list to take him and we have become besties. And so we have this big, gorgeous, beautiful family out in California. That's amazing too. this big unconventional family there that are trips, relatives and aunts and uncles that I, but, but, but grandma decided part of the way through, she was like, Melanie, I can't take him. He's, he loves you. And I can't put him on an airplane and fly him out to California and live with people. I mean, that's another, you know, disruption in his life and another dis detachment. And I just prayed that she would see it that way. And she said, we just want to be in his life. And I'm like, done, <laughs> done. You can be in his life. So we have flown to California multiple times. We stay in their house. We love them. Um, trips they love by you. They love you. And like, they, love they, they are so, they could be angry with me because I represent something that they want. They could, and they, I, but they love me and they're so thankful for me. And that just feel, that's just more of the story. Um, Trip's bio parents are still in Omaha and I still talk to dad quite a bit and he, um, they're still struggling with their addictions. And I have told them, I mean, my perfect dream would be, we're sitting at that table right there. They come over for dinner, they go home, but we have dinner together and we, you know, maybe they come to a basketball game, but I've told them when they're clean, when they can show me that they're clean for years um, some stable jobs and some, some stable housing. And they're not, they're not there yet. But Maybe like they you said, yet, you know, cause there's still hope. Yes. Like it's not, not, yes. not the end all be all. They just have to make some choices. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's the right thing or not. I mean, there might be people out there that think that's the wrong choice. That's just all I know. I don't have anyone to share these decisions with. That's just where my heart falls. Um, I, I, I'm not saying no to them, but I'm saying when you are in a good place to be a healthy role model and a healthy person in his life, he doesn't need any negative influences. He already has enough. He already has enough things stacked up against him that um, I'm just trying to immerse him in all things good. We go to church and he talks about God and he tells Alexa to play Christian songs. And I... I, I just want to keep that we're involved in sports and I just want to keep him um, I great. I mean, some parents have different fears for their kids. I just don't want him to do drugs and I don't know how to make that happen, but I don't want drugs to take him over. So who cares if he fails high school, who cares, you know, if he doesn't go to college, just don't use drugs. So, yes, you know, that's yes, like a parental fear for it is a parental um, fear for everyone. So, yes, um, yes. yeah. So, so we adopted, we adopted in September of 2017 and 
life has not been, I mean, it's, I became a mom for the first time and it is the most fulfilling, difficult, frustrating, annoying, joyful, sad, (laughs) happy, glorious thing ever in the whole world. And I'm just so darn thankful I get to experience it. You know, I get to be a mom to him. And so. Yes. Yes. What that's such a beautiful story. Like I love it so much, you know, and I feel like too, like with, with the journey of life, God sprinkles stuff on us right when we need it, you know, like right when, when you're, you start having all of those negative thoughts come in and like those shameful feelings, it's like, boom, here's a sprinkle. Keep going. Boom. I need to write that down. Say that again. What was that? God, I want to write that down. God's little Little sprinkles. Yes. You know, yeah. like in, in, when you are able to like open your eyes and kind of be, you know, be aware of the things happening to you. I mean, here you are on your road trip to Omaha and see a billboard, boom, sprinkle, you know, yep. to help yep. fill like your purpose and what you want it, what you want for yourself and for others. But we also have free will. And that's again, yeah. just what I would, you know, you have to, you have, we all have these dreams. You have this dream for this and it's not happening because you're just sitting back. It's happening because you are getting out of your comfort zone and you're stretching yourself and pushing yourself in areas that maybe feel uncomfortable. And that's when it all happens. That's where the beauty is in that moment. So yes, yes. beautifully said, beautifully said. It's like, here's all, here's all of your ingredients. Now you need to take action. I'm giving you everything that you need to do the stuff that you want or, you know, uh, my vision for you. Now you need to go make it happen. Yeah. Nike says it best. Just do it. You know, it is so true. And the Instagram thing has kind of come along just sort of on the side organically. Um, I think I'm in my 30th year of teaching and I'm just kind of ready for the next chapter. You know, I've, I've loved being a teacher, but I'm just kind of ready to do something else differently. But I, um, uh, because of my move to Nebraska, I kind of set myself back a little bit on the retirement system. And so I have a few more years than what I, I wanted, but a friend said, pushed me again, another thing out of my comfort zone. She's like, just get on Instagram and just kind of like start slowly sharing some style pics and maybe some things of you and trip. And so I did it. I did it. And it's just sort of organically grown there and turned into something beautiful there too. And I just, people are inspired. Um, to be them, their best selves through me. And that there is no greater joy than that, you know? So I just, I, um, that's been a fun thing for me too. And way out of my comfort zone. So yeah, that was another thing I wanted to talk to you about because you have yeah. built this massive community, like massive community on Instagram. And it's so uplifting. You share, you know, like, and it, and it is all about like uplifting others that kind of goes with, you know, she elevates like all of your stories are literally uplifting somebody else like you have your story going on but then you're like hey go check out this person like look at this awesome stuff this person is doing and I love that so much and I love how 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 you talk about my friend just said hey why don't you try this like you'd be good at this get your story out there and then boom look at all these people that you've impacted because of it well I appreciate that I um oh I just had a thought and I don't know where it went oh Instagram is not about the fashion. It's not about the earrings. It is about relationships. So 
that is what I found more than anything. You asked how you build the community. It's just like these, it's weird. Some people can't wrap their head around it, but these are like your besties that you've never met before. Like you and I, I feel like we're besties, but we've never met before. And it's this weird organic thing that happens. I don't know how to describe it, but you just become so in love and bonded and connected with these people if you so choose. So Instagram can be sort of whatever, if you don't want, you know, don't want it to be that way, you don't have to be, but I feel like that's probably how it's grown for me because I will spend hours and that's trip sleeping. You know, he's in bed and I'm commenting and writing back to people and um, it's time consuming, but it's, it's the value that Instagram, it's the relationships. So yeah. like everything in our life, it's all about the relationships. So yeah, I completely agree with you on that. And what's crazy. And you know, like sometimes I'll come across this meme where it's like your Instagram person, friend that you've never met will cheer you on more than sometimes the people that are like in person with you. And isn't that so true? Oh, true. <laughs> so true. Your whole day and get one, not one nugget of goodness. And you jump on Instagram and read some comments and you're like, wow, I feel amazing about my, I mean, not that we, not that we gain our own personal self-worth through others words because if you remember that's what i've learned not to do is care what others think but it sure does feel darn good you know it does and and i guess i see the underlying thing of it is just that i that i inspired someone you know when someone you know messages me and i i wore some snake boots today and thought of you and I, it's not about the snake boots it's about that you did something you didn't you didn't think you could do or you pushed yourself in a in a fashion you know down a fashion alley you never knew you could go I mean that's that's fun that's super just fun. uplifted a female to have confidence in herself to wear the dang snakeskins boots and that right there boom <laughs> and it can be applied to anything in your life you know like it, it's not it's not just about the boots or the fashion and that's kind of where I struggle a little bit on Instagram is it feels real pretentious to me and surfacey to me and I don't want to be that way at all. Um, I don't, you know, oh, you know, a selfie. I don't, ugh, I don't, I'm a teacher at heart and that's where my passion lies. It's not about, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. The selfie thing kind of gets me, but, but that's how you have to inspire there. It's through images and it's through video. And so if we want to inspire, we have to do that, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, you've yeah. done a fantastic job. And like, I absolutely love your page. If I'm ever like, oh, I need like, I just need like an uplifting spirit. I go to Melanie Miller's page. And Ditto. there it is. Ditto. There it Ditto. is. That is you. That's probably why we're so drawn to each other because that is you. You are a shining light. You're infectious. You are full of energy and life and you're so positive. And that's why people love following you too. So I always said we should be that. Well, we're like long lost sisters. Long we, lost are. sisters. <laughs> we are. We are. We'll have cute, the cute on hair. I, I, yeah, I was, I was inspired by you when you had, when you, when your hair, when I saw your hair, I was like, oh yeah, I, yeah, you inspired me. So uh -oh, thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> I'm so proud of you with this journey. I just send all these great little God sprinkles your way. And I know it's going to be amazing and just keep, keep doing what you're doing, keep pushing, keep taking those steps out of that box. And yeah, it's going to be amazing what's going to happen. It's going to be amazing. You.
thank you, thank you. So here for you, Melanie, because you have busted out of your comfort zone with so much stuff and you have like this beautiful story that has come out of it. And I feel like, you know, just like through following people and talking with people just across the nation and, you know, in the different communities, like people get stuck in their head. And, you know, what is your biggest advice to help people that just feel like there's no hope and, you know, they're stuck, they have all of these ideas and they see this, but then they have that self-doubt come in. What would you tell them? Well, I guess I would just hope that my story um, resonates with you. Um, I'm, I'm not sure it's like one thing I did or it's like an accumulation of everything. It's changing your mindset, you know, um, uh, just taking that one little, you know, it, it, like nibble your way there. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be an overwhelming thing. I look back at when I first started Instagram and it was just you know, a post here. And then maybe a week later, it was something here and it just slowly grows. So um, I think don't be overwhelmed with um, building Rome in it or what's the saying? Rome wasn't built in a day. It's not about, you know, having it all at, at first, but um, because my life certainly has not been about having all the pieces I wanted first, you know, and actually finding love, like being in a relationship is probably going to be the last thing that comes into my life, you know? Um, so nothing is conventional about my life. And, but I would just, I don't, I don't know what that one piece of wisdom would be. I mean, you can say, go do it, or just take that step forward or pick one idea, just one idea, write it on a piece of paper and just try it. Um, you have nothing to lose. I mean, you have nothing to lose and quit caring about what other people think. That would just be like. I love it. Sometimes do you think that like we put such high expectations on ourselves that we yep. envision that other people are putting on us, but really it's just us. And that's why we don't, why we fail at something. And I don't really want to say fail because I kind of see failure as like a good thing because that means you're trying, but like yes. you just don't start or you just quit because your expectation is so high. And, you know, you can't Amazon prime to the end result, like with yeah. all of the stuff that you've, that you've been through and are doing, you didn't just get your result like that, you know? Well, I'm a perfectionist. I hate using that word, but I have, I'm a recovering perfectionist. Some people in my life would say, yeah, you're still a perfectionist. I like the word particular. I'm kind of particular about things, but I've seen that soften a bit, you know, soften a bit over the years. I think maybe where I struggled most back then in my twenties and thirties and was because I was trying so hard to be perfect, you know, trying so hard to be, make it, you know, my expectations are high in everything. And then when the experience doesn't live up to that expectation, I'm disappointed. You know, when I've just needed to learn to like, I, I hate saying it as teachers, we never want to lower our expectations, but just expect a little bit less because that, you know, remember that fairy tale picture I had, you know, that I'm still living with. And when things don't match that fairy tale picture, we can tend to get down on ourselves and get into a dark place. And so just that mindset, changing that mindset and learning to not be such a perfectionist. I don't, yeah, I'm still, still learning. So. <laughs> it's, it's all just like a learning and tweaking and just figuring it out. You have yeah. a beautiful story and I absolutely adore you, you so uh, much. Likewise. And
just love um, you. And you, like you, you talk about your vision for the future. Like you're kind of in that spot. You've been teaching for 30 years. So where do you see Melanie Miller going next? Like, let's hear it. Yep. Well, for, for now, for maybe like the next couple, four years or so, I'm still going to be in the classroom, still going to be working with those third graders. Um, and then I don't know, I like, I, I will see where this, um, Instagram journey takes me. If that seems like a, if I find something there that, you know, I, I'd love to walk dogs. You know, if I could make the money I'm making right now, just walking people's dogs, I'd love that. Um, I'd love to, uh, work in a boutique and help people dress, but they have to work the day after Christmas and they have to work over the summer and I don't want to do those things. So I like my Lake of the Ozarks. So, um, I don't know. I'm excited to step out of the realm of being a teacher. I mean, although I think once a teacher, always a teacher, I'm excited to kind of look, you know, I'm, I'm on that downhill slope to that. And then after that, I don't know. I want it to be creative. I want it to be inspiring. I want it to be fulfilling and I want it to be flexible. So, you know, we'll see where it goes. Um, we'll see. I, I don't know. That's sort of exciting to me to like, just wonder what it's going to look like. Yes. I love it. I love it. Like you have a direction, but you're just going to see where it takes you. Yeah. It's not going to happen because I don't take steps. I feel like I'm sort of taking steps now to maybe create something down the road. Maybe it won't be on Instagram. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm having fun where I am right now. It's just sometimes hard to balance it all. Motherhood, teacherhood, Instagram hood, you know, finding relationship hood, househood, homeownership hood, all that, all the hoods, you know, can be um, a tricky balance, but yeah. Well, you are rocking at it and, you know, thank you so much for being the first guest on the show and saying yes to me. Thank you so much. I'll always say yes to you. I will always say yes to you. How can, how can everybody connect with you? Because everybody needs, needs to be connected to Melanie Miller. Oh, well, you can find me on Instagram if that's where you'd like to go. Uh, Melanie.ray.miller. You can go there. Um, I'm also on Facebook, so you can come be a friend of mine on Facebook. Um, And um, I can, I don't, do I give out my email if people want to connect that way? I don't know. You tell me. Totally up to you. You call the shots. Well, you can get my email by going on my Instagram page. So you can message me that way too. So um, I have people message me all the time and I do um, pride myself on responding back to everyone. So if you reach out to me, I will reach right back to you. So I mean, I'm an an open book. You can ask me anything. I will share anything about my eyelashes (laughs) or my hair extensions or my journey of motherhood. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to share any of that. So friends reach out. I think that's another reason why people are so drawn to you too, because you are so authentic and you are real. Like that's the big thing. Like you are real girl, real. I'm glad you see me that way. Sometimes (laughs) fake eyelashes. That's not real. That's not real. But everything else on me is real. Everything else is real except for these things up here. But I can't believe I waited 50 years to get the hair extensions. I should have done that a lot longer. I love them. I love them. Like you rock it all. And you know, like Riley and I were, were looking at um, Dolly Parton. She was, 
she was googling Dolly Parton's wigs and so she was trying to figure out when Dolly wears her wigs and when she doesn't wear her wigs and you know piecing it all together so I'm like you know like we're all just a little bit of Dolly Parton like we, we like, all sure are we like our we makeup are. we like our eyelashes we like our hair but we are authentic and who cares like yeah, who, if it makes you happy like, do who it cares? yeah I, you know I have people all the time well how do you dress when you're 50 and I don't want to you know wear what you want to wear do what you want to do who cares there's no rules do not let anyone think or make you think that there are rules do what makes you feel happy i love how you said that there's no rules because that's like a big thing that like i've been into like create your own rules like you don't have to do it like what everybody else is doing do it do it what makes you keep going with it or do what makes you feel good about yourself i mean like yep. my hair makes me feel good about myself so i'm gonna keep doing it you know exactly exactly i'm all for that just it yeah is fun. it's fun it's so fun <laughs> we're only on this earth once i believe and it's but a vapor before we go spend, you know, our eternity with the Lord. So I'm just trying to rock. I, I feel sexier, more beautiful, more, oh, I could just list a whole bunch of words, more creative, more um, um, willing to take risks than I ever have in my whole life at 50. So I just don't want other people to wait 50 years to make themselves feel like that. So if I could have felt like this younger, I would have liked that because I'm not going to say those are lost years because that's just part of my journey. God bless the broken road. That's what's gotten to me where I am. But um, that would just be what I would want to tell people is don't, don't wait 50 years to feel your best self, you know, and be doing the things that you want to do more than anything, because I'm, I'm on the back. I'm, I'm, I'm on the downhill slope, but I don't feel that, you know, I don't, I'm not living like that, but oh, I just, I you're just, living like you're like, uh, you are, you are going down, like you are going down the road, like Thelma and we, Louise, like, there you go. go. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, yes, I just would want people to just not wait as long as I waited to find, find your best self. So. Yeah. Oh my goodness, guys, how much did you absolutely love Melanie's story? Like she has such a story of triumph and empowerment and have just like really created such a beautiful life for her and her son, Trip. If you had a takeaway, please tag us out on social media, Instagram at Melanie Miller and Instagram at Lisa underscore Tobin. We would love to connect with you. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and subscribe if you jived. If not, well, we don't need to talk about that. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks again.